Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. For this, our 30th episode, we are premiering a new type of episode called the Pop Culture Questionnaire, featuring our special guest, Dan. We will also cover the breaking news about the Disney Plus streaming service. And as always, we will conclude this episode with our very popular Stuff We Love segment. Let's meet the hosts. I'm Joe. I'm Scott. And you're listening to the Stuff We Love podcast. The Stuff We Love podcast is sponsored by Autoslash. Autoslash is a website that you visit if you are either interested in renting a car or already have rented a car but would like to save money on that car rental. So, Scott, please tell everybody how they actually go about finding lower prices. So here's what happens, Joe. When you book at Autoslash's website, www.autoslash.com, they apply every coupon code that you are eligible for. So they search a wide variety of codes, including publicly available codes, special membership-only codes, and when you input the information that, about your upcoming rental and where you're interested in renting and what dates and so forth, you say, for example, if you belong to Costco, AAA, what credit card rewards programs you're a part of, frequent flyer programs, and so forth. So once you book the trip that way, is that it with them, or do they keep in touch? So what happens is they will automatically email you if they find any better deals in advance of your trip. They keep searching right up until your pickup date, which is great because rates often drop as the pickup date approaches. So if they find a lower rate, they email you so you can rebook and save. So do I have to book through that site initially? No, you don't have to. But let's say you have an existing car rental reservation for your upcoming spring trip or summer vacation. You can go to their website, Autoslash's site, input your information, your reservation number, information pertaining to your upcoming rental. And what Autoslash will do will email you with better rates available for your trip. The average user saves around 30% off their typical rate. And personally speaking, I used Autoslash for my upcoming Walt Disney World summer vacation. I was able to save close to $200 on my car rental costs. That's extra money in my pocket for food, souvenirs, and more. Autoslash has been featured in the New York Times, Condé Nast Traveler, and on the Today Show. And please let us know if you have used Autoslash. Visit them at www.autoslash.com. We're now happy to welcome back to the show our good friend Dan. Dan previously appeared on the podcast episode in which he and Scott discussed the Beatles. We thought he would be a great first guest for the Pop Culture Questionnaire show. Welcome, Dan. Thank you, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be, uh, to be on the show. I'm very, very excited to uh, have this uh, conversation on, on pop culture. Absolutely. Happy you're here. Dan, it's great to have you on again, as always. Your shows are extremely popular with the listeners. We see that in the download numbers. A lot of Beatles fans out there. And uh, you were a great first choice for our initial guest for this Pop Culture Questionnaire series. So before we get to the pop culture questionnaire this evening, I just want to cover some breaking news that came out about an hour ago related to Disney's upcoming streaming service, Disney+. Plus. The service is going to launch on November 12th in North America. It's going to cost $6.99 a month, or if you pay up front at $69.99 for the year, it's going to include a tremendous amount of content, including the classic Disney animated movies, Star Wars films, Marvel films, National Geographic, and more. Uh, one of the surprises for me is that it was announced that The Simpsons will be streaming exclusively on the Disney Plus service. That's a result of the recent acquisition of 20th Century Fox by Disney. Uh, this is a big deal. I think that price point is very low. There's going to be a host of original series, including a Star Wars series, high school musical series, a documentary series about the Disney Imagineering branch of the company, and much more. Uh, this is a big deal, and I just wanted to get your guys' opinion real quick on if this is something you're planning on subscribing to. 
So I know for me, I am probably not going to subscribe to this at first, just because the content that's on there, I'm really not that interested in. I don't need a show starring Diego Luna, uh, you know, a six episode series that I need to pay $7 a month for. I don't need, um, you know, I don't have any kids, so I don't really need to have kids watching Disney content. I mean, obviously, I love Disney movies and everything, but I can get those elsewhere or I already own them. I'm, I'm probably not going to subscribe to this until some show comes out that makes me want to do it. Honestly, the only thing I'm interested in right now that I've heard, aside from The Simpsons, is the High School Musical show and maybe, maybe one or two of the Marvel shows. But even that, those I'm getting a little tired of. And if that's all that the channel is bringing, not the channel, the service is bringing, at this point, I'm not interested. Plus, they're also putting their more adult shows only on Hulu. Mm. So that's another service you have to subscribe to and pay for. So maybe if there was a bundle where you get a lower price for one or both of these to get both of them at the same time, I would consider it. But I'm not going to do both of them when the things I'm more interested in right now are on Hulu. There may so be bundle I, pricing, by the way, with Hulu and ESPN+. Plus. That's uh, I believe they even mentioned something about that tonight. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw that, but they didn't actually say what it was going to be. Right. So I, I'll look into it. But, you know, I already own the movies. on. I own The Lion King and I own Cinderella and all those movies. If I want to watch them, I don't need to stream them through the service. So that, to me, it's just right now I'm not going to do it. Except I will be upset about The, the Simpsons because I do like to watch those. But other than that, it, it's not something I'm interested in right now for yet another streaming service. Especially because so many people or companies are coming out with their own streaming services. Not only that have already been launched, but HBO is starting a streaming service. With their new shows, um, I believe there, there was another channel off the top of my head. It's gone, but so many streaming services are coming out. I, I'm just—it's just too many. And you know, this is one that right now, from what they've announced, it sounds good, but it doesn't sound great enough for me to do it. Dan, how about you? Um, I have to agree with Joe. I think I'm gonna uh, have to to wait a little bit, see what happens as they add content to it. I mean, it sounds like a cool service, but right now, for what it's offering, it's not something that I'd be jumping at. Um, immediately. So uh, I think in time, take a look at how it goes and, uh, and, and what content gets added as, um, as it progresses. And then maybe down the line, something I'd add to my, uh, my, my streaming services. Dan, what streaming services do you subscribe to now? Um, I have Netflix, I have Hulu. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm into, into uh, professional wrestling. So I have the WWE network. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I have that. Uh, Quello. So I, I subscribe That's to Quello. That's classical Quello. music channel? It, it basically is like a, a like a, uh, it's all types of music. So they have some great like rock concerts up there. Oh. I just watched a Wings Rock Show the other night. It was on, uh, on Quello. They have a lot of the classic album, uh, you know, mini documentary series um, that was on VH1, VH1 Classic years, years ago. Wow. They have a, a bunch of those on there. So you can get, you can watch a lot of, uh, a lot of cool stuff. Um, still, there's a, they, they still have to add a lot more to it. But um, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool uh, service. Do you know how much that is a month offhand? I think it's like fourteen ninety nine. I'll double okay. check that for you, though. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I check that it, out. But I wasn't really familiar with the details of it. I actually thought it was just a classical music service. I didn't realize it had tons of other content. Yeah, yeah, it has. A, there's a lot of cool stuff on it. Um, concerts, documentaries. Yeah, that to me yeah. is more interesting than Disney Plus right now. I'll tell you that. So I'm gonna check it out. Joe, I know that you're about to cut cable entirely. Dan, have you cut the cord on cable, or do you still have cable? Uh, I'm, I still have it, but I'm getting ready to cut the cord as as well. Wow, yeah, very interesting. That's really interesting. I uh, 
I, I actually have been using streaming more and more. I have YouTube TV. Uh, I do have regular cable because there's a particular sports station. No, no streaming service has all of my local sports channels, and I do want that. But I'll tell you something. I'm really getting close to cutting the cable. I'm down to two cable boxes in my house from five. I'm about to get rid of another one, and I'm right at the edge of cutting cable because streaming is just so easy. It really is. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do it probably within the next month or two. Yeah, I'm just tired of paying what I do for cable when I can cut that by a third by just keeping internet and then uh, putting the streaming services on. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I am planning on getting Disney Plus. Uh, the price point is obviously good. There's no denying that. So I, I am going to check it out and see what it's like. I, I do think I'll get good use out of it. I'm more excited for some of the archival content than the newer series. The one thing I will say is that I would love it if they had as part of their service those classic 90s Disney Channel shows like the 90s Mickey Mouse Club and the 90s and Kids Incorporated, which was a great show about kids in a rock group. I don't know if you remember that from that was a great show. I love days it. of our 90s. Yeah, <laughs> I have a memory of during the Disney Channel free preview watching Kids Incorporated and they were singing Man in the Mirror. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I remember that. But uh, we'll, of course, be covering this as it gets closer to the launch in November of this year. And we just wanted to cover that before we get into the pop culture questionnaire. So uh, let me just give our audience a brief overview of what this is all about. This is kind of like an extension of the Stuff We Love segment, which concludes every episode of our podcast. Uh, We have found, and based on the feedback we've gotten from our audience, that they like hearing us talk about movies, books, music, etc., all that stuff that we enjoy, uh, because it gives them recommendations. People like to listen to get advice about what they should be doing in their free time. So the pop culture questionnaire is basically an opportunity for guests to come on the podcast and talk about various works in pop culture that have been meaningful to them over the years. Uh, It's a chance not just for our audience to get recommendations for also us, the hosts, to get recommendations as well and even reinforce some of the things we already like to do. So we thought that Dan would be a wonderful first guest for this uh, pop culture questionnaire because he is so well-rounded when it comes to movies, music, and all that good stuff. So, uh, Dan, are you ready for the pop culture questionnaire? First guest. I'm, I'm ready for the pop culture questionnaire. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. So, Joe, I guess we'll alternate these questions. Sure. Dan, first question for the pop culture questionnaire. What's your favorite movie and why? It's hard to narrow down to just one. There's, there's, there's a whole bunch of, of uh, mm-hmm. movies that I really enjoy. So I, I, I think uh, – I like, you know, classic dramas like, you know, The Godfather um, and, and Jaws and films like that. Um, love, love the original Star Wars trilogy, um, Indiana Jones movies, um, at least the first three. And then a lot of the classic comedies, you know, a lot of the, those uh, great quotable, you know, movies like Caddyshack and Animal House and, um, you know, some movies from when, when we were growing up, you know, like, uh, like Beetlejuice, Back to the Future. Goonies, another great classic. So those are those are like when that movies that come to mind as favorites uh, that I enjoy. So Dan, when it comes to the Godfather movies, can you get, ranking them in order and from your personal preference? What's your order for the Godfathers in terms of your favorite to least favorite? I would say I would say the, the if I had to rank number one would be Godfather two. Yes, and then the uh, original, and then three. Do you I was like, gonna be, I was gonna be funny and say three first, but you know. I, <laughs> We would lose our uh, audience if you did that. that. You know, I didn't want. I didn't want that to happen. Do you like three? 
it's one of those movies where if you if you took it and, and and it stood on its own and it wasn't part of this you know this this trilogy um this uh you know this franchise it would probably be a decent movie right but i think when you have to put it up in comparison to the other two um yeah. it just falls short yeah i i totally agree that look i didn't hate number three I thought it wasn't a great movie, but it wasn't horrible like people say it is. But when you're comparing it to one and two, it, there is no comparison because those movies are just, you know, they're just, they're so far up there compared to what he put out for number three. That's an interesting order. A lot of people think two is better than one. I actually don't agree. I think one is the better movie. Uh, and then number two, they could be the same movie. I mean, it's, it's one long movie, really. Um, if you ever watch The Godfather Saga, that's when they edit them both together and make a six-hour movie. And sometimes they play that on TV. But um, that is, you know, so it starts off with Robert De Niro instead of the, the classic daughter's wedding scene. So it goes in chronological order. It's actually very good. It's an interesting watch. I, I recommend that. But I think number one is the better movie. But I agree with you, Dan. That's got to be one of the best movies. Either one of them has, you know, one of the best movies ever. Can't go wrong with either one. I have always said that Al Pacino's performance in Godfather 2 may be the greatest performance I've ever seen in movies. It's so good. He's so vicious that you, when you think about his transformation from the Michael Corleone at the wedding scene in Godfather 1 where he's sitting with Kay in his army uniform, and then yep. you go to Godfather 2 where he's ordering the death of his brother Fredo, it's an amazing development, character development in movies. It really is great. I, I really, I love the scene where he shuts the door in Kay's face when she comes back to the house. It's that's my favorite scene in the movie, honestly. Even everybody, oh, yeah, you know, and he gives the order to kill his brother or kisses his brother, you know. I, I just love the scene where he shuts that door on Kay because it just shows how he does not care about anything anymore. Yes, that's absolutely true. Uh, so, I mean, Dan, next question for you. We already know the Beatles are part of this answer, but what music artists are you a major fan of and why? Wow. Um, yeah, so aside from the Beatles, um, I mean, I think uh, Led Zeppelin is up there um as as a favorite i think that's because um you know my my father was really into zeppelin and had a lot of the vinyl you know down in the basement so when i first started discovering other artists rock artists besides the beatles and i would go down there and look through his uh, his record collection and um those were some of the first records that i pulled out um and and put on so like that and the stones and uh and pink floyd you know a lot of the uh a lot of groups like from the '60s, like Cream. So uh, those are some of some some ones that that stand out. Uh, big big David Bowie fan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, love Bowie. And then um, stuff like uh, Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty, Eagles. Those are some of the big ones that stand out for me. Bowie was great. I mean, those artists that you mentioned—they all are these legendary classic artists. Uh, give me uh, just for full completion of our discussion. Give me maybe two fifties artists that you like from the from the nineteen fifties. Two fifties artists. Yep. Jerry Lee Lewis. Mm. I you know I'm, I'm I'm a big Elvis fan. I think you know anyone who's really into you know fifties music is a big Elvis fan. Yeah. Fats Domino. Fats oh, Domino. Nice. Great choice. Yeah, great choice. Yeah. I was not expecting that. That's why we do this type of show because I was expecting <laughs> you to say somebody like Buddy Holly or. Um, Chuck Berry, somebody like that, mm -hmm. but Fats Domino because he's one of the founding fathers of rock and roll, and he's often forgotten. You know, he's his name is not the first one that you think of when you think about Elvis, Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis. You know what I mean? So he, mm -hmm. that's a great choice. Great choice. Yeah. How about Dan? What? What about two more current artists? 
that you're more listening to lately. I like Imagine Dragons. I think they're pretty pretty good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Young the Giant is another one. Young nice, good choice. Stands yes. out as a as you know, pretty solid group now. By the way, guys, before we go to the next question, I just want to tell you and our listeners that recently I was shopping in a furniture store, and they had on the state uh, the music station, which was the, the, our local oldie station, where back when we were kids, they played fifties and sixties. When I was shopping in the store, they were playing the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah, they, weird. They play that. They play the Goo Goo Dolls on uh, the old, you know, the classic rock station 104.3 in New York all the time. They <laughs> play Nirvana on that. It's oh, like, man. you know, it's like, what's yeah. going on? I don't even know what to say about that. I just don't know. It's it's fascinating and depressing at the same time. But uh, Joe, wow. next question for Mr. Dan. Okay, Dan, uh, how do you actually listen to your music? Do you do physical products? Do you only do streaming? Combination of the two. It's a combination of the two. So I, I have, uh, you know, I stream a lot of stuff, but then there's um, stuff I still have on CD and um, have some vinyl as well. So I, I mix that up a bit. There's some uh, some things that I have across all three formats, so I can kind of listen to it wherever I am. So I, I mix there, and match. Is there anything you prefer, like that you actually say, you know what, I'm going to buy this CD or vinyl right now, or you know what, I can just stream that, you know, does it matter what the artist is or is it just whatever is easier? Oh, it definitely matters what the, what the artist is. So a lot of the um, artists that I really enjoy and a lot of, you know, the classic stuff I like to hear in the original format. So I like to have that on vinyl because right. uh, I honestly feel that's the best way to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's the best listening experience is to hear it on vinyl the way it was actually intended. If it's, a, if it's an album that I really enjoy, I'll have it across all three. Um, stuff that's kind of like, you know, that I enjoy, but isn't like, you know, in the uh, pantheon of really important right. artists for me, that, that is just streaming stuff. Dan, next question. Name a couple of books that have meant a lot to you over the years. Well, you know, one book is, is, is uh, that, that stands out because it was the first, the first book that, that, that I think we um, read in school that I really, really liked. And I've mm-hmm. since like taught it, I don't know how many times, is The Outsiders. Yes. yes. So that book is one that, that is definitely um, stands out for me. I remember um, you know, reading that for the first time in school and growing up with the movie. Like The movie was constantly on HBO, I feel like, when we were in, like, uh, yep. in middle school. It was like, on every day. Yeah. Um, but actually reading the book was the first book that I actually kind of got into and enjoyed. And then uh, when I became a teacher, from the first year I started teaching, um, I had to teach that book in my eighth grade class right. um, and taught it up until um, two years ago when I stopped teaching the reading classes and just and went over to the uh, language arts classes. So I spent a lot of time with that book and it was great actually also um, teaching it to a new generation of, of, of kids and seeing them actually say, oh, this is the first book I've read in school that I really liked and got into. So it's a, it's a fun experience. Do you watch the movie in class, Dan? Yeah, I show them the film in class. Um, nice. I show them actually not the one that... Um, we're used to seeing, which mm-hmm. was the uh, the edited one, but the new uh, restoration that they did, uh, Coppola put out, I think maybe ten years ago. That is more uh, faithful to the novel and has a lot of a um, lot of scenes cut out of it huh. that were cut out of the original back in. Dan, yeah. that's a great answer, by the way. That's a book that, even though we read it in school so many years ago, it, it's resonated and lasted over the years. And when mm-hmm. I think about books that we read when students, that's one of the first that comes to mind. Okay, Dan, how about uh, we move a little bit here and we go to video games. What are some of your video game memories? Video game memories. Um, I remember getting the original Nintendo 
and having you know Super Mario Brothers and um, and Zelda, the Duck Hunt, <laughs> um, and having to actually um, fight my mother to to get to play um, Super Mario Brothers and Zelda because she would she would uh, try to beat the levels and hog the game from us. So we had to wait till she was done to play. <laughs> I remember my first uh, first game that I ever beat was Contra with the help of the uh, the cheat code. Which I uh, absolutely I think I still remember. Every kid, every one who was a kid then knows that cheat code. Yeah, yeah, I was the, the classic cheat code. And then uh, being a little older, uh, I mean, the last video game console I had was a Nintendo sixty four, and I remember uh, hours and hours of playing. I think it was the WWE WrestleMania game with with Derek and Scott, and nice. uh, you know. They'd, they'd uh, make characters for everybody on there. You had to be your 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 character that was created. Those are my video game memories. I haven't really played a lot since uh, since then. Do you, do you guys remember this thing they used to sell called Game Genie? Yes, I, I do. Think, yeah, I remember Game Genie. You basically I hooked it, it up to your, I guess to your Nintendo, right? Or, or to each individual game as you played it. And somehow it unlocked all this stuff in each game. That's kind of what I remember. I, I know I had it as a kid, but I just... I had it. That is exactly what you did. It was... <laughs> It was a way to cheat, but it made the game, you know, it was fun. I, I remember that. Uh, Dan, name a few memorable concerts you have attended. A few memorable concerts. Um, there's a lot of concerts. Wow. First time I saw Paul live is uh, is one that stands out. Where was that? Uh, that was at, um, it was Continental then. Oh. Uh, Continental yep. Airlines Arena. Um, now I think it's empty and unnamed. Uh, but it was back in, I want to say, was it 2000? Two? Yeah, that was the driving rain tour. Yeah, the driving rain tour. Um, and I got tickets in in the real, real like cheap seats, like up in the two hundreds. I think it was all the way up against the top. Got two tickets. I went with my father. We got there really early because I I was you know all excited, wanted to get there early. Went inside as soon as the doors opened, got to our seats, and um, he saw where the seats were, and he was like, "Oh, I'm not climbing up there yet." It's like no one's here. Let's just sit down here until someone kicks us out. So we sat at the bottom row. In the upper level, there was this guy who worked there that was coming around, and he he saw us, and he's like, "Oh, you t- can can I see your tickets?" So we thought we were getting kicked up already, and we showed him the tickets, and he's like, "Oh, would you like upgrades?" We're like, <laughs> "Yeah, sure, we'll get upgrades. Upgrades, why not?" So he took these two little green stickers with uh, new numbers on them, stuck them on our tickets, says, "Go down one." So we went down to the um to the next level, the level below, and we gave them our tickets, and we were right on the side of the stage. The lady took the tickets and was like, follow me. And we just kept walking down, 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 oh, further wow. down, further down. And I'm going, there's no way we're going all the way down. To, and we were uh, on the very, very side of the stage, three rows back from Paul's piano. <laughs> so every time Paul walked to the piano, I could actually like, he was like maybe like 20 feet in front of me. Wow. Um, and so that that stands out. That was a, a very memorable uh, concert. I think I cried like one of the girls at Shea Stadium. <laughs> Dan, is that the night I remember you telling me you went to a Paul show and were by the side of, was by the side of the stage and you flashed the logo for Wings? I, yeah, I gave him the I gave him the Wings sign when he was uh, walking to the piano and and he actually saw me and pointed wow. and, and gave me a thumbs up and, and I, yeah, I think that was the moment I cried like a like a. One <laughs> your, your dad had to carry you out. Yeah, it carried me out. You know, I I fainted. It was it was it was a mess. Once uh, you have an experience like that, those type of seats for that type of artist, every concert is kind of like a step back in comparison. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it's a whole different experience. The other one that stands out is I saw the um, the Eagles. I think it was like 2007, 2008 okay. at um, Prudential Center. I won those tickets from Q104. Oh. And they were second row tickets. Oh, wow. So I got to see the Eagles uh, second row at, at um, Prudential Center. So that was that was pretty cool, too. So, uh, Joe, we have a couple more questions for our special guest tonight. So uh, why don't you go with our next one? Okay, Dan, have you ever met any celebrities? Um. The, I met a celebrity before they were a celebrity. So uh, the one that stands out was uh, I met John Mayer. I want to say 2001. I think it was okay. 2001. And it was right before he um, his first album came out. My friend, At, my friend Adam, um, who was a year below us in high school, mm-hmm. um, went to Emory. And John Mayer was started off playing in a place called Eddie's Attic, which was right by Emory in, um, in Atlanta. And um, he would go. Uh, like every weekend actually got to know him and was friendly with him. And whenever I talked to him, he was always talking about, you know, this guy, John Mayer is going to be big one day and he's incredible. And, <laughs> and when he was up over the summer for, for the summer break, he, John Mayer was playing in New York and he took me to see him. I forget where it was. I, I feel like it was like the blue note or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And we hung out after we hung around after the show. And um, John Mayer actually came out and, uh, Adam introduced me to him, and, and we sat and had a drink and talked with him and his bass player. Wow. Very um, cool. Yep. Dan, that's a great story. It's exactly stories like that that made me put this question in the list. <laughs> because, I mean, I would have expected, oh, yeah, I got a quick handshake from so-and-so. But that's a legitimate story that uh, Joe and I actually don't have any comp- close comparison to. We've met some celebrities, <laughs> but we've never uh, had something like that. That is, that is true. Great, great story, Dan. Uh, Dan. Two more questions before we wrap up tonight. Any Disney World memories? You know, we talk a lot about Disney on the show uh, and theme parks. Any, any Disney World thoughts? Um, there, I, I love Disney World. There's so many, um, so many times that I've been there. I think the first time that I actually went and like stayed on property, property, and, and got the whole like the whole experience of not renting a car and getting on the Magical Express and and just going into the, into the resort. That experience, I think it really everybody should have because you actually get to be in the world of Disney for that time. There's no, you have no uh, recourse to get off of property and, and venture out. You're, you're there. It's a, it's a wonderful experience, not just experiencing the parks, but experiencing the different resorts and, and, and restaurants and um, Disney Springs. That experience really stands out, but um, every experience, every time I go is a, is a memorable experience. What's your favorite theme park there out of the four? Um, Epcot. Great choice. Yeah. Especially during the uh, the International Wine and Food Festival, oh, that's yeah. that's a great time to be in in Epcot. How do you think Disney compares to Universal? You know, I'm I'm not as big on Universal. It's I think it's fun. I think they're trying to, you know, develop it a little bit more. But it's um, I don't know. I don't think it has the same aura as Disney does. Well, we'll we'll have to respectfully disagree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Dan, last question. Yes, we kind of know the answer to this, but we'll ask it anyway. We will ask it anyway. Beatles or Stones? Uh, Beatles. But the Stones are great, too. The Stones are great, too. So a follow-up question to this this question, because we know, we know your Beatles are your number one. When you say Beatles, okay, like in your mind, do you think just the catalog that the four of them released together? Or when you say Beatles, like in your mind, do you have Paul Solo, George Solo, John? Or like what... Like, have you been able, because you're so familiar with all of the music, have you been able to kind of separate that in your mind? And the reason I ask 
is because there's a DJ I really like named Ken Michaels. He has a Beatles show every week called Every Little Thing on the Air. And he has said he looks at it all as kind of like one unified catalog. Is that the way you look at it? Or are you just like looking at Please Please Me through Abbey Road? No, I think I, I, I see it as a big umbrella. Yeah. You know, I, you take in their, their, their solo careers as part of it, too. Um, so when I think of Beatles, I think of everything that they did together and then what the four did on their own. That's just, that's just how I view it. Are the stones, are they your number two or is Zeppelin your number two? Um, Zeppelin is probably my number two. Stones what? are probably actually four. Who's three? What do you think of, okay. uh, Greta Van Fleet? <laughs> they're, they're kinda, I, I've seen them. Yeah. I, I, I caught them on uh, SNL. Um, a lot of people are, I think they're just a clone of, of uh, Zeppelin. So I'm just curious. Um, I don't, I don't know if I, if I find them to be a Zeppelin clone per se. I mean, it's, it's the, the music is derivative. Yeah. I don't know if I would say it's definitely derivative, but I don't know if it's, I, if I would say it's an exact clone of Zeppelin. Gotcha. So Dan, I, I was listening to uh, a station we love on Sirius XM called volume. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's all talk radio about music. And mm-hmm. one of the DJs there is Eddie trunk. And he was doing his top 20 of Zeppelin songs. And one of them is a song I was not familiar with, even though I really thought I was familiar with Zeppelin's entire catalog. From Coda, mm-hmm. Wearing and Tearing. What a great song that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, Coda is um, their their last album. Right. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote. But uh, it's basically all out, made up of outtakes from from different, different sessions um, throughout the years. So... It's an interesting little collection of, I guess, what were at that time their throwaway songs that didn't make the final cut. But there's some great songs on it that, you know, would have been cool if they made the actual albums they were recorded for. Yeah, true. One more Zeppelin question for you. So my favorite Zeppelin song is Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You. It's a great song, in my opinion. Give give me your top three Zeppelin songs. And then, Joe, I'm gonna, you do yours too. But we'll start with Dan. Battle of Evermore, Ten Years Gone, and Mm -hmm. Cashmere. Joe, I, I don't have time for this, Scott. I, I need I need time to think about that. That's too. <laughs> give me give me three you love. Give me three you love right off the bat. Uh, three I love right off the bat. I like Black Dog. I won't say Cashmere because Dan already said that. But um, I honestly like any song off Houses of the Holy. I yes. could take any one of those. I love the Rain song. The Rain song. Is oh, that, that's oh, a great song. song. You know how that uh, how that song came about? No. Do, do you know the story behind no, that? Tell us. That story came about because uh, at a party in L.A., um, George Harrison told John Bonham that um, Zeppelin doesn't play enough ballads. Hmm. Wow! And, uh, and and challenged them to write a ballad. And um, <laughs> and uh, Bonham told Page and take up that challenge. And that's how they, that's how they wrote the Rain song. That's a great song. Great story. Uh, now I'm just thinking of that album, like Dire Maker. And I'm gonna go listen to Dire Maker. Dire Maker's great song. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, I really, uh, you know, we both thank you so much for coming on as the first guest in our pop culture questionnaire. I think that went very well. Uh, I think we've learned a lot and we hope our audience has learned a lot too. Oh, thank you for having me. It's, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be the first guest. It was, uh, oh yeah, it was great. I appreciate it. And just to let our audience know, Dan and I are going to be doing our Beatles shows. We'll uh, probably record our next one, I guess in the next couple of weeks or so. Yeah, I'd say that. So now we're going to turn to our Stuff We Love segment, something that we're enjoying right now. Could be a movie, a song, a book, an app, a product. Uh, Dan, let's start with you. Give us something you love right now. Something I love right now. Uh, Well, the other day I actually um, 
hadn't watched it in like a number of years and uh, was going through my my iTunes movies and put it on. And it just happens to be 35. I think it's the 35th anniversary of it this year. But uh, I watched This is Spinal Tap, ah. which is just a, a, a great movie, a, a classic movie, especially if you're into music and uh, you know a lot about, uh, you know, different rock bands. And uh, they they nail so many little stories in it. And uh, it's 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 just a funny, funny film. Uh, I think start at the whole like mockumentary kind of genre yeah. of films. There were a couple before that. Um, the, the Eric Idle and the Ruddles. Uh, All you need is cash, which is more of like a Beatles um, parody. But uh, but Spinal Tap is awesome. Some great musical jokes in it, and um, I always love the stories that uh, you know there were some some uh, rock stars that went to see it and didn't find it funny because it was too close to their actual. <laughs> experience um but uh i think i heard on the the uh the radio i think it was q104 that they're actually doing in the next couple of months a, a showing of it at the beacon um for 35 years and then afterwards they're doing a, a performance and a q a with uh, michael mckean and christopher guest harry shearer and rob reiner uh, just talking about the making of the film but um if anyone hasn't seen this is spinal tap you should definitely check out this is spinal tap thank you dan Very, thank you um, for my stuff we love, I'm going to talk about the Yellowstone TV show. This is a show that actually came out last year that I only just started watching. I actually finished the series, but I only just started watching a little a little bit ago. It's a show about a ranch uh, in Montana that abuts the Yellowstone National Park. Uh, and it's about the family who owns the ranch, which is the biggest ranch in the country, um, and how they deal with basically... Threats to the ranch, threats to the family, and all the family um, dysfunction that goes along with it. The show stars Kevin Costner as um, John Dutton, who's the head of the ranch. And then it's all about him and his uh, three kids, four kids actually, uh, for, they're not kids, they're adults, and how they plot to um, continue the ranch's supremacy. They, there's a part in the show where they say the ranch is bigger than the state of Rhode Island, so it's a huge thing. And it's almost, the way I described it to somebody the other day was it's almost like the godfather in the West because Dutton is basically the the godfather of this ranch and he runs it almost like a crime family. But it is an excellent show. I highly recommend it to anyone. It's on the Paramount Network, but it's also streaming on Amazon oh, okay. um, that you can watch it through there. And then uh, season two is coming out in June and I can't wait. So uh, for my stuff we love, I was going to mention a particular song that I've been listening to since it came out, which is Lost in Japan by Shawn Mendes, which is a great song. But I actually decided to focus on the book I referenced earlier in tonight's episode by the author Rob Sheffield. He, uh, I think I had his Beatles book called Dreaming the Beatles as one of my stuff we love recommendations earlier. But this book is called Talking to Girls About Duran Duran, One Young Man's Quest for True Love and a Cooler Haircut. Your dog likes it, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's big on Duran Duran. And so what I love about this book, as I mentioned earlier tonight, is a series of stories about his growing up in the 80s and songs that were big to him at particular times. And even though I know a lot of music, I, I still discover new stuff. And one of the songs he referenced was by Ray Parker Jr., who is best known for Ghostbusters. But the song he referenced hearing a lot in the 80s is called A Woman Needs Love. Do you know that song? I, I am not I familiar with it. that song. I'm no. not familiar with that song either. And then I, I searched it on YouTube, watched the original music video, which is great. It's just a great song. So it's another example about how 
you can find stuff you love, stuff we, you know, stuff you love recommendations in any number of places. So one chapter, for example, was about his love of Bowie growing up. Another chapter is about his sister's love of the Go-Go's and how that affected him uh, and how basically everything he learned about girls, he learned from talking to girls about Duran Duran and their reaction to the band. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought that was a really cool way to start the book. So check that out. We'll link to that on our website. So thank you all for tuning in tonight to this episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. As we mentioned earlier, this was our 30th episode, so it's always nice to reach a big milestone like that. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Autoslash.com. Visit their website to save money on your next car rental. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a Facebook page, which we encourage you to go and like. Our website is StuffWeLovePodcast.com. You can learn about the show, see the products that we recommend. Our email is stuffwelovepodcast at gmail.com. And please leave us those good five-star reviews on iTunes. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in. Dan will be back on the show soon for our next Beatles episode. And let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Joe. I'm Dan. And this has been the Stuff We Love Podcast.